Welcome to the Sermon B-Side Podcast, a podcast of Liberty Church in the Harrisburg region of Central Pennsylvania. Sermon B-Side is designed to be a resource to answer your questions and to go deeper into the conversation started by each week's sermon. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another week of the Liberty B-Side Podcast. My name is Steve King. Alongside me is Matt LeLoyan. Matt, welcome to another week of the B-Side Podcast. Thank you, Steve. Always good to be here. And we are kicking off the... You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> Glad to have you. Man, we uh, we had a day off yesterday. Yeah, well, so yeah. I think we're, we're too rested. We have a little bit of too... Uh, a little we're, energy? We've, we've laughed a little bit. We've had some good energy today. We've had some laughs today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I keep saying, I, I, I say yesterday... Thing is Sundays. Yeah. The whole today. I'm like, oh, yesterday, yesterday, yesterday. Yeah. Yesterday was Monday. Yesterday was Monday. Monday. Happy Fourth to you. Happy Fourth of July to to all of our listeners out there. Hope you enjoyed the Fourth with uh, family, friends, and yeah. So we're two days removed from our Sunday worship service and the kickoff of a new series in the Rhythms of Grace. That's right. It's our summer series. Uh, there now will be nine weeks, right? So it's a ten week series. Correct. Monday was the opener. Now we have... Sunday was the opener. Sorry. <laughs> I, don't even, I can't explain how I just messed that up. All right. That's okay. So Sunday was the opener, yes. kind of an overview of what's to come, introduction, and then nine weeks now because there are nine rhythms. There are nine rhythms. There it is. Uh, yeah. And Steve, just to... I said it yesterday in the sermon too, but just to give props to you and to Elise from our staff team, uh, the new Rhythms of Grace display in our fellowship hall where we have coffee hour. Looks good. Looks great. It's turned out great. And yeah. it's nice to see them all in, in one spot, too. Right. We had those posters in there over the years. And um, the cool thing about the posters was, you know, you you had pictures, most of which were from people in our church. Um, right. uh, but they were spread out. And it wasn't always obvious that there were some rhythms that were, like, part of our, our core value of mercy and some that were part of community and some that right. were part of worship. They were just kind of all in there. Right. Seeing them all in one spot. I guess the other part too was like some of the some of the pictures also like are folks that like haven't been part of our church now for a little while. So you you kind of date I mean, yourself on. Let's, let's not dance around the most ironic of those. <laughs> is that like on the relational pursuit poster? Yes. Three of the people you could recognize. Two of which no longer here. That's true. Okay. On the relational pursuit. On the relational pursuit. There poster. was a little irony in that one. <laughs> And also, um, people we care for, really oh, yeah. admire, we love them, but just they just happen to not be here anymore. That's <laughs> right, for right. sure. Yeah. And then also the one um, for mission, I look like I'm 12 years old. That's right. It was really that that put me over the edge and said, "We need a new. We need we need new posters. We need them now." <laughs> you know, right. when I was uh, they don't you know when I was in co- we were in college years ago. I remember my accounting class? Whenever we had like class surveys, we had these little clickers, mm. little blue clickers, to like get you automatic data up on the screen. When were you in college, Steve? <laughs> 1974, <laughs> Matt. No. <laughs> no. Wow. Not that long ago. Okay. Um, but we had, but now I'm like, I'm sure these days, now we, we can do like, we need to do some phone surveys during okay. church. Oh. Okay. I, <laughs> is anybody listening to the sermon right now? Press one for yes, Ooh. two for no. But, um, well, but you would get, you wouldn't get any no's because the people are not listening. I point. So you know if it's 100% accuracy, it's you know that perfect. you have a problem. Uh-huh. Um, so with the Rhythms of Grace, the posters so spread out, I think I think almost everyone at our church would know that we have Rhythms of Grace. Okay. They, they uh, exist. I said, yeah. Almost almost everyone would have, have been familiar with yeah. Rhythms of Grace. Okay. Now it's like I'd be interested. I'm not even taking a guess right now. What's the percentage of people that would go, well, what are they? Yeah. How many are, can you name? How many categories are they yeah. broken into? Yeah. How many, mm. what are the actual ones? Yeah. Right? Um 
And not because people don't care. It's just yeah. like, well, maybe some people don't care. <laughs> you should if you don't care. Um, but because just by human nature, right? Like they're just, we're not always taking things in. Sure. Yep. The way that we could. And you got to hear things a number of times. Studies oftentimes say you got to hear things seven times a year for the first time. And so you can give people information and diff- give them the same information, but in different ways, different yeah. modes. It's helpful. I did think the rhythms of grace. I wonder if everyone actually looked around like, oh, these posters are connected. Sure. They're connected to each other. Yeah. We would only really draw attention to that in like the Liberty 101s. That's so right. We'd always kind of mention, hey, and these are things that we, and they're in the, they're in the Liberty right. 101 thing. We'd say, look around the room. These are the posters. Yep. But that would be, that's going to become now the key part of the elder exam for people coming into covenant. There it is. Name the nine. And Name you don't, the nine. Sorry. You're, you're out. out. There's you're gone. no zero mercy, right. zero compassion. We're actually, I think next Sunday, we're going to be calling people up, calling on people during the service yeah. just to like spontaneously see those members that are in covenant if they know. Perfect. And if not. Name three. Right. Hey, bathroom that's... duty, if not. <laughs> Do we have bathroom duty? We don't. We will, we're, no. we're, okay. <laughs> it will be now. It will be now. Um, but yeah, no, uh, kudos to Elise for sure. The, the What what makes it look great is Elise's work. She did a great job. Right. She did a great job. The posters, the colors. It's nice and the, clean. The outline, it looks really good. Yeah. So check yeah. it out. Check it out. Okay. We did kick off the series. We kicked it off. And Matt, tell so, us how we kicked it off. Yeah. Sunday was, a, was an intro uh, week. So... Looked at we could have looked at a number of passages for this, but the one that really came to mind um, was from first uh, from Second Peter chapter one, and we talked about um, both the grace of rhythms and the rhythms of grace. So a couple key lines in there. One is, I mean, you knew that was coming. With, you uh, would, <laughs> you would, Matt. <laughs> um, we, uh, you know, I think kicking off a series about habits, practices of the Christian life. If there's a danger in talking about spiritual formation and the effort we're supposed to put into spiritual formation, it's that we shift into this kind of legalistic perspective. It's kind of like, okay, I need a grace to save me from my sin. I'm now saved from my sin. And now um, the rest of my life is all about like me working hard to stay in. And and this idea that actually so much is like everything that pertains to life and godliness, Peter writes there, has been granted to you through through the righteousness of Jesus. And that you become partakers in the divine nature. You've been cleansed from former sins. I mean, all these beautiful realities that have happened solely by the grace of God and not by your efforts. Just really wanting to anchor the nine rhythms of grace in the grace. <laughs> and to say, yeah, yeah. these are these are pursuits of the Christian life by grace also. Uh, and in response to the grace that we have been shown. Yeah. And and really wanting to set it up to say, we, we are going to find, I hope, and, and I trust that we will see... Um, significant aspects of our lives that we've become uh, unintentional or undisciplined in, uh, that we have let uh, other things crowd out, uh, and that we're and that we're going to be called and even convicted by the Holy Spirit to pursue again with more energy, with more zeal, yeah. than we have been. Yeah, I, I hope that happens, but I, but I, as it happens, I always want to see that happen as a as a as a as a response to the grace that we've been shown as an extension of it flowing from this beautiful reality of what Jesus has accomplished for us. Yeah. So that was really the, the aim of yesterday was to say, let's, let's talk about the grace of rhythms that were sa- first of all saved by grace, but that also the additional grace is that we are provided a pathway, a, a way of living that protects us from ineffective and unfruitful lives. Mm-hmm. And that protects us from, um, you know, living a wasted life in a, in a futile, in a futile life that, um, um, 
you know, it's, it's characterized more by the corruption of sin and sinful desires, what Peter's talking about there. Yeah. So that we're actually, an additional grace is that you are, anytime you're given imperatives, anytime you're given stuff to do in Scripture, commands to follow, rhythms and habits to pursue, um, anytime you're called to supplement your faith with, which is Peter's key line in that passage, yep. um, it's because God has made a pathway for you to live a good life, a truly good life, yep. um, and a life that's not wasted. Right. It's good. Good summary. There's my there's my kickoff. Yeah. Um, as you're saying this, I'm just kind of hearing like, oh, the goodness of people listening and inherent throughout this entire series is is some application, mm-hmm. right? And so, and there's even a challenge in application. The series is not meant to be uh, a constant discouragement for all the ways in which we're not doing this. You're not experiencing this grace. For sure. Right? It's not meant to be that. Right. Um, maybe give a comment on that in just a moment, but I'll, I'll say what's in my mind right now. Normally, this is great. The B-Side podcast is great content to bring and discuss in Bible study groups. And as yeah. Bible study groups go into a little bit of a um, a break for the summer, some groups continue to meet, some don't. There's not a formal continuation. Right. Um, just know as you're, as you're going through the Rhythms of Grace series, don't allow yourself to get stuck by yourself sorting this out if you're feeling encouraged or discouraged. Let's continue to actually pursue each other relationally. That's one, one of the, the rhythms. That, hey, there's well one. Done. Ding, ding, ding. Well done. Okay, that's one. Um, to get, to like have this sermon series really impact us as a community, not just as individuals. Um, that's great. One one specific way of doing that, especially you know if your if your Bible study group is not meeting in these next weeks, which many are not, um, we have and we've sent them out in different times. The most recent is if you were with us for the Philippians study. If you still have that. Uh, and if not, we've got these both digitally and hard copies to give to give to you. But in the back of that Philippians Bible study guide are intentional questions to ask each other based on each of the nine rhythms. Yes. So there's like two or three questions for each of the nine rhythms um, that you can ask one another. And, and we've created that so that as part of what I was talking about yesterday is so that we can actually be participating in discipleship of one another and with each other. Yeah. This is a this is a way that we say, hey, here's some questions we can ask each other that help that help make this more practical in our lives and talk about, are we pursuing these things or not? And why not if we're not? And where are we, where are we getting hung up in it? Um, so we've got, you know, it's a front and the back of a, of a, of a one, you know, one sheet of paper, or it's in the back of that Philippians guide. They're the same questions, both places. And we're happy to send them to you. Um, two or three questions related to each of the nine rhythms that you can ask each other just conversationally with other people this summer in your family, on your friends, with people from your Bible study group, even if your Bible study group's not meeting. Um, we encourage you to, to do that. Great. How is this, uh, what, what should we do if we're combating the discouragement of hearing, learning, growing these rhythms and just recognizing where we're falling short of them or failing in them in our lives? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good question. I think, um, I would say, I'd say, I guess a couple, couple thoughts come to mind. One is to keep going back to grace, the pursuits that, it, you know, so, so you've got, um, You've got parables, right? Like the parable of the Good Samaritan in Scripture, where Jesus tells the teacher of the law, you know, he asks him, like, you know, uh, well, the teacher asks Jesus, you know, how do I, how am, how am I saved? Um, and Jesus says, you know, or what are the greatest commandments? That's the yeah, question. What are the greatest commandments? Yeah. Love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. He, he asks the follow-up question, who is my neighbor? Jesus tells the, the parable of the Good Samaritan in response. And in some ways... It blows up the definition so wide open of neighbor that it makes it impossible to achieve ourselves. Sure. 
And, and so part of when we're given these commands in Scripture that are so big and hard to follow, even thinking about being conformed to the image of Jesus, it's such an audacious pursuit that we're going to fall short. Part of the reason that things like this exist in Scripture is to show us we can't possibly do this ourselves by right. our own efforts, and we're driven back to our need for Jesus. Right. So the rhythms in that way push us back to the grace that we needed in the first place. Yeah. But even to the parable of the Good Samaritan, Jesus ends that parable by saying to the teacher of the law, Go and do likewise. Mm-hmm. So he's saying it's not just it's not just so that you can see how you fail. He's saying actually go do that. Though. Right. Go try to go pursue this. Go practice it. Yep. So I would say that's a great that's great counsel for us is recognize if you fall short, of course you're you're gonna never never live up to this perfectly in your life. You're always gonna be perceiving gaps in these nine rhythms in your life. Yeah. You will never arrive yeah. in that sense. Um, so let that drive you back over and over again to your ongoing <laughs> dependence. Uh, and that these really are rhythms of grace, that, you, that these aren't condemnations that are now held over you, but mm-hmm. continued invitations to, to be transformed one degree of glory to mm-hmm. another. Um, with that framework and with that foundation, then I would say, ask ask the Holy Spirit to bring that kind of conviction and actually learn to see the goodness of the conviction that the Holy Spirit brings in your life. Um, it, it, it's come, it's already come to me in, in already like a week of, of prepping one mm. sermon for this series. And I expect this is going to keep happening more and more Yeah, is to say, man, like I do need, I do create routines and rhythms, whether I want to or not, uh, around my life. Yep. And man, I develop some ruts in those rhythms. And, you know, I've shared before on the, on, from the pulpit and here, and the, like often for me, the ruts tend to be like end of the day ruts. Like, how do I close my day? My, yeah. my, my mornings tend to start pretty solidly. I'm pretty encouraged about, you know, how I'm, how I'm responding to the grace God shown me with my mornings. Yeah. Like I spend time reading and praying, read my Bible and praying. I spend time exercising a lot of mornings. I spend time, like my day starts pretty well. Yep. You know, I start myself in a good spot relationally with my family. Like I, by the end of the day, it's, it's often a different story and my ruts and routines feel often like I'm taking control back of my life to say, well, it's now on me to somehow wind the day down mm-hmm. rather, than le- rather than living it dependently still before God. Mm-hmm. And practically that works its way out into saying like, okay, well, I got to, I got to somehow shut my mind down from spinning the way it's spinning right now. So let me veg out with TV or alcohol or eating like crazy, you know, tons of candy or sweets. Like it's like, all of a sudden it's like, I'm in these ruts where like every night, all of a sudden yeah. the TV goes on at 10 o'clock and I'm hungry for <clears throat> something that's not good for me. And now then I'm falling asleep on the couch and I'm waking up an hour and a half later and dragging myself up to bed. It's like, yep, that doesn't have to be, that doesn't have to be the way it, it is. Right. It's just a rut and a routine that I just fall into. And we all do. And we all do. That's right. Um, and I would just say conviction that comes around those things. And even like, who is it that said this? Is it, maybe it was Dorothy Sayers, Dorothy L. Sayers, or maybe it was, um, Anne Lamott. There's a, there's a, there's a great author who has this line that says, you know, how we spend our days, of course, is how we spend our lives. Hmm. Sure. And this yeah. idea that hmm. I, I'm trying, I, I should Google that. That's, I think that is the word for word quote. No, not you. I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, to the, to the <laughs> I'm Googling it right now. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, if you Google it, you'll see who actually said it. But it's, it's how we spend our days, of course, is how we spend our lives. Do you want to know who said I it? I do. Annie Dillard. Annie Dillard. Annie Dillard. Not Anne Lamott. Nope. Not, Not Dorothy. Dorothy <laughs> so forgive me for that. Thank you, uh, Andy Dillard, for that great line. How we spend our days is how we spend our lives. But yeah. um, that's true. You know, we, yeah. Yeah. we we fall into these routines and all of a sudden we wake up years later. We're like, I just spent hundreds of hours doing this. Yeah. 
Was that a good use of hundreds <clears throat> of hours? That's right. So embrace the conviction where it comes because it's, it is, I think, the Spirit of God putting you back on the path that helps you from becoming ineffective and unfruitful. Yeah, it's good. We had one question come in. So please keep the questions coming in even during the summer series yeah. when we're not meeting as Bible study groups necessarily. This question came in. Could you talk about the difference between becoming divine, as some religions espouse, and becoming partakers of the divine nature, as it says in 2 Peter 1, that's verse 4. Mm. Speak about the difference between those two. Yeah. And then there's a kind of a second point there that, that said, this point in your sermon stood out to me because I wrestle with which is our predominant calling, depending on Christ or becoming like Christ. Which is a great kind of question there. Like, are we, are we more supposed to yeah. depend on Jesus or are we more supposed to become like Jesus in our yeah. lives? Which maybe feels like it's a little bit of a different... Because some are religions that say you have to become divine. Sure. Yeah, I feel like there's a 1A and a 1B question here. So, like, yeah. What's the difference between becoming divine yeah. and Second Peter calling us to become partakers of divine nature? So we don't... We're both... Right? It's like some religions will say, like, become God. You are God. Yeah. Become God. Everyone, everyone become their own God. Yeah. Right? And that's not what Second Peter is saying. Yeah. And then the second question is like, well, what is our predominant calling? And as we clarify that, that we become partakers of the divine. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming that's the answer. That's yes. the one, right? Yep. We know that to be true. Um, now, how, what's our predominant in becoming partakers of the divine is depending on Christ or becoming like Christ. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so maybe the difference between becoming divine and becoming partakers of the divine nature is that... Um, we want to be sensitive to uphold the, the utter uniqueness of Jesus from humanity. So like, and I want to be careful how I, this, there's, there's a mysterious element to this and even branch, this isn't just even other religions. So there's other religions, like let's say, or even cults, technically the classical definition of a cult, you know, would be like a Christian offshoot that's taken a, taken a, um, uh, a strong doctrinal turn away from core foundations of the faith. Right. Sure. So like the Mormon church would be t- technically defined as a cult. And they would say that you can, if you live a certain way in your life, become a God, mm-hmm. uh, not, not the God, right. not, you know, not, the, not, not God, capital G, but you can become a God and you can have your own, you know, giant family and populate your own planet. Like there's, there's, so there's, there's religions that believe, um, that you actually become a God, mm-hmm. like a right. lowercase g God. Christians don't believe that. Christians, though, do any different branches of Christianity, specifically like the difference between like um, Eastern Orthodoxy and Protestant Christianity have different perspectives on this. Yeah. So the Eastern Orthodox would get a little too, in my mind, they get a little too close to blurring the distinction between us and Jesus too much. That, Mm -hmm. That actually, because Jesus was fully human and fully divine, and because we're fully human and we become partakers of the divine nature, that we can actually essentially become very much like Jesus mm-hmm. where Protestants are saying more like that's a little too close to that, that, that Christology, that view of Jesus as it ends up being not um, we're, we're a little concerned with how, how much that makes us like one of the members of the Trinity, which we clearly are not sure. And so that's where this nuance in here of saying you are given some, you are partakers of the divine nature. Like you are, and, and we have some of that as image bearers of God when we're crowned with some of God's own glory and honor. That's like Psalm eight. Uh, but there's something else that happens when we're redeemed through the work of Jesus, that that part of the image of God that is that is intact still after the fall, but corrupted and fractured, mm-hmm. is now restored and being restored. That's right. So that so it's like a restoration of the divine 
image in us that we bear the image of God. Yep. Maybe that's the best way to, to define the Protestant definition. Of I think I think so. That's what Second Peter. <coughs> that's what it's saying in Second Peter one, right? So it's it's His divine power has great. So His divine power has yep. granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence, mm-hmm. by which He has granted to us His precious and very great promises, so that through them, that being the promises, you may become partakers of the divine nature having now escaped from the corruption as in the world because of sinful desire. So it's like, it's, it is this reconciliatory process and experience we have as Christians. Totally. Yeah. Yep. And, and that there's a redemption and restoration of that image of yes. the divine nature <clears throat> that we were created with, that we lost at the fall, but not completely. It was more corrupted at the fall, f- fractured at the fall, Yep. but now restored in Christ. So that's the first part of the question there, right? Yeah. Um, and then and then that second part being like wrestling with which is our predominant calling, depending on Christ or becoming like Christ. Right. Um, and I would say I don't know that you can actually that you can actually say um, one is more predominant than the other because they're really they're really not exclusive. Except, they're really they're really inseparable. Yeah. They're really inseparable because you. Um, you can't become like Christ without depending on Christ. Mm-hmm. You try to become like Christ without depending on Christ. That's Adam and Eve's sin. In the God. That's like, that's saying like, I want to be God right. and I'm going to take it into my own hands to become like God. Right. So that's, so you can't become like Christ without depending on him. But those who depend on Christ and truly rely upon him um, are being transformed and sanctified, like are right. becoming like him. Yeah. They are like, that is, that is, it's not, that's an inevitable thing. Right. Um, for those who, de- who truly depend on Christ. Don't just give lip service to it, but are saying, right. I really surrender my life to the Lordship of Jesus, and now he is He is the one that I follow. Then you then you will become like him. Um, so I don't know if you can say which one is our predominant calling. <clears throat> um, I do think you can get to um, that there is an, an order maybe to that. So it's not predominant, but I'd say yeah, that if sure. you if you try to become like Christ without depending on Christ, you're going to be getting further and further away from Christ. Sure, right. So I would say that the order needs to be depend on Christ, recognize that in our sins we're dead in our trespasses and sins. You know, we're blind, need our eyes opened. Recognize that first, depend on Christ, and let that be the journey. Begin the journey of becoming like Him. Yep. Um, there is an element where discipleship begins before conversion. Right. You you can. You can start to walk in some of the ways right. of Jesus yeah. and explore yeah. things and kind of say, who is the, like even a lot of the disciples um, followed after Jesus before they made their confession right. of faith. Before right. they're maybe conver- we don't really know when their conversion happened, but when they would actually declare that they a confession that they believed in Jesus as the Son of God, um, that would happen later after they were already following him. Right. So I think there is there is that. Um, but I would say um, you're really becoming like Christ truly only if, as you depend upon him to, That's right. to, and the grace that he gives. Yeah. If you be, if you're trying to become like Christ without depending on him, you'll become less like him for sure. Yeah. For so sure. it's, like, it's kind that's, of that's a good way to say brutal irony uh-huh. there. It's good. Well, Matt, looking forward to, uh, that's the only question we had. So yeah. that's why, so there it is. That's, that's the question. Bring questions in. We love hearing the questions, especially as each, um, sermon is going to feel a little bit like its own message. Yep. Um, cause they're all independent of each other rhythms of grace, even though of course they're t- tied together underneath, um, our values of worship, community and mercy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so bring in questions as you have them. 
what's upcoming in the next couple weeks, or at least very next next yeah. week. Yep. So we so there's nine rhythms, right? And rather, but rather than go through them kind of in order, like rather than do all the worship ones, all the community ones, all the mercy ones, we jumbled it up a little bit this summer. So we'll kind of weave in and out of. So this first week is gathered worship. Um, so we'll do gathered worship this week, and then we've got generosity the week after that, and then we're going to get into service uh, the week after that. And then I forget where we go exactly. From one anothering. That. One anothering after that. Okay. So, so you've got a, you've got a couple in there. So you've got a you've got a worship, then you've got a mish a a, a, um, a mercy one, um, two mercy ones back yep. to back, and then you've got a community one. That's right. Uh, that's what the rest of July looks like. There it is. Yeah, it's great. We're looking forward to it. Thank you everyone for joining on the podcast today. Yeah. Um, it is already Tuesday, so get your mind right. Focus on the rest of this week. I feel like it's going to be going to to myself right now. <laughs> feel behind already. Um, Notre Dame has play like a champion today above its door. Steve has one that just says, get your mind right. Get your mind right. <laughs> get your mind right, people. He, he hits it every day on the way out. Get your mind right. Uh, and we will see you on Sunday in worship. Uh, if not before then, enjoy the rest of the week. We'll talk soon. Yeah, take care, everybody. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Sermon B-Side Podcast. For more resources and information about our church, visit www.LibertyHarrisburg.org. That's Liberty with an I, Harrisburg.org.